Hello and welcome to the L20 podcast. This is episode number five and it features Kate Roberts from Lee's Bid and Phoebe Ryan from Chapter 81. Today we're going to be chatting to them about the festival, their experiences of the festival and any sustainable tips they have throughout the January campaign. So my name's Kate Roberts. I'm the operations assistant for Leeds Bid and working with Polly and Gemma for the International Festival. Cool. And how long have you been like on board with Bid? So I've been working there since August. It's part of my placement, so um, I'm working for the Bid for a year. And yeah, it's been really good so far. Fun so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Phoebe Ryan, head of content at Chapter 81. We're doing all the press for Leeds International Festival, excitingly enough. Um, so again, we're just having a like meet the team podcast, aren't we? So the interesting thing between us, Kate, is that I've been doing it for a few years, sort of on the copy side, and you're new to it. So maybe we should talk about like what you, how you see it. How do you yeah. see the festival? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, the reason I actually applied to do my placement with the bid um, was because. Leeds International Festival looks so appealing to me to be part of. Um, I've never attended it, but. Um, it just looks like such an eclectic festival um, and there's so many different things to see and be part of. Um, I think it's a festival that allows you to see loads and loads of different things that you're passionate about that don't necessarily relate to one another because yeah, totally. it's so broad. That was So I'm coming to it with fresh eyes, but um, since I've been working with it, um, I've just become more and more excited about the programme that we're developing because um, it is really big and bold. Um, it brings the city together in such an exciting way. Um, and yeah, I'm really proud of it so far. That's a pretty good start, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. <laughs> yeah, for me, I think it's that breadth as well that's really exciting. I mean, so I, yeah, as I said, I come to it from the copy side. So I kind of help um, the guys who've submitted their events just tidy it up and make it all kind of look the same across the board, how we put it out on Leeds International Festival website and stuff like that. But that's a real treat for me because that means I get to see all the events as they come in and the occasional slight evolution of events, stuff like that. But just looking across the last few years and seeing like, it's been so exciting to see big names that very much were, at least to me in my kind of daily experience, very underground, yeah. but be come on a really big stage in Leeds. Like last year seeing Tommy Cash and the year before was Mickey Blanco and just like stuff that you probably wouldn't maybe maybe aren't necessarily like your immediate sphere of interest or your immediate kind of speciality. And just having them all there on one program is like, oh, that might be really fascinating. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like there was the year with, uh, I can't remember what her job title was, Kate Devlin. She was like a sex robot specialist. That's definitely not what she was. <laughs> <laughs> but she was talking about sex robots and the future of sex and love and stuff. And I was like, actually, I would never have thought about like AI and yeah. kind of stuff as my sphere mm. of interest. But it's like, that's a really fascinating thing to talk uh, definitely. about. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this age where everything is so sort of futuristic anyway. For sure. Um, yeah. It is really, really interesting to hear different ideas in maybe a way that you might not think about because obviously, I mean, for me, I would watch a documentary 
to learn something new mm. but to be in a room and hear a talk and listen to people speak is is something really engaging and really interesting to it's do. It's so much more immediate too isn't yeah it? definitely. It's really interesting that this year's theme was chosen as, chosen as Generation Future because I kind of feel like it's been like subliminally a theme throughout really because there's yeah. always been this kind of like boundary pushing diversifying kind of looking to the future element in the in the programming and I guess just this year it's like really just out and that's been the scene behind all of the submissions but I think it's a really good I mean I don't know what we're going to do next year but it's a really good culmination (laughs) I think of like the thematics of what Leeds International Festival has meant so far anyway yeah we've said this in other podcasts what are you thinking is exciting off those first three that we've released Lumen Arts, I, I love art, any kind of art and any kind of installation um, is really exciting to me, um, especially pieces that work with art, with light. So that is what I'm definitely really excited for so yeah. far. It sounds like I didn't really realise that they were pulling from such an international kind of portfolio of yeah. artists as well, which really sounds like it's quite a, a broad kind of, yeah, like it's got international scope. And yeah. I know a lot of the events... For, for the international festival do but it just kind of brings that home i think the living in a future city one's going to be pretty interesting as well yeah since we are based in this urban environment and mm-hmm. working here most people live nearby yeah. or in the city kind of just really personalizing it and thinking yeah. like what what's Leeds going to be like i know and one of the one of the biggest cities in the uk that will often get overlooked for sure so yeah, I think it, it is something that is definitely really exciting for Leeds um, because we we are moving forward so quickly as a city. So it's it's relevant to us as a city. Yeah. Um, it makes sense to have an event like that here. Yeah. And I mean, we could go on and on about like how great Leeds is, but we should probably do like a once once podcast worthy mention of having a tram whinge you know there are (laughs) there are elements of Leeds that do need work like the transport systems and I I think that's going to be tackled yeah yeah definitely and yeah I think I mean as a student coming here from the south um who I didn't have a lot of knowledge of the north at all really which is really <laughs> embarrassing to say I'm so sorry <laughs> but um yeah no um but now that I'm here I would never never go back to the south never yeah, I've got um, definitely yeah a diehard <laughs> northern reborn liver northern now, yeah um but yeah for I do really love Leeds and I'm really passionate about Leeds and um things like transport and um sort of regeneration and and redevelopment in 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 Leeds um, it's something that I'm passionate about because I love the city and because mm. I want to see it grow and develop. So, yeah. Um, that's the thing. You kind of have to love something to kind of have niggles with it in yeah, a way. Yeah, don't yeah. You? Like, yeah. how can this be better? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it can, for sure, the transport. Yeah, that's... self-improvement. Yeah. The only other one we've actually not touched on is the generation to call the earth that we've already announced, isn't it? There's Dr. Vandana Shiva, yeah. who seems like a really exciting mm-hmm personality that i had not heard of before yeah talking about seed sovereignty yes i think that could be a really interesting chat um i don't know if you've thought anything about any of the other ones um i mean i think in general it's so topical for now for um the sort of times that we're living in um how the urgency of climate change um it's, it's something that we need to talk about and constantly need to be addressing. Yeah. Um, we should never stop talking about the climate emergency. Um, and I think the more 
um, progressive ways that we do address it, the better. For sure. So, um, yeah, thinking about uh, regeneration, thinking about how we can move forward, being a bit more proactive, um, I really value because um, it's obviously really easy to feel bogged down and, and feel a lot of grief about climate change. Um, and that's that you can't do anything yeah, yourself. That's something that I've been struggling with personally trying to deal with a lot of climate grief. Um, and the way that I've wanted to tackle that is by thinking really positively and being a bit more proactive. Um, and I think that's what these talks are about as well. And, and they focus on, yes, this is, we have an issue, but we need to address it and this is how we can change it. Yeah, being positive rather yeah. than just going away really disheartened yeah, about exactly. the state of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's really interesting that over even maybe over just the last year, but I mean, obviously it's something that's been growing into the point we're at now, but I think it's really interesting that it's not a controversial thing to have on an agenda now. Yeah, you know, like it's, exactly. We all know that there's, you know, that, like that, that event title, the generation to call yeah. the earth. Like we are running out of time in terms of starting to take proactive steps and mm -hmm. it's not something that can really be argued yeah. anymore for the majority of people, I would say yeah. anyway, maybe it's not something that literally hundred percent of us can agree on. Well, it definitely ties in with the theme of Generation Future because around the younger generations, um, it's not something that we don't discuss. It's something mm. that we focus on all the time. That is normal. Um, we've sort of internalised this problem and we've, we accept it and, and we, we accept it as fact. So, yeah, so yeah I, think, I think it's a glimpse of how the world will view climate change in, in the next few years, I mean, and are beginning to. Yeah. Um, definitely. So I know you're really good on trying to make these, take these proactive steps in terms of sustainability and stuff. And in our last podcast, we were talking to Beverly, who's the head of social here at Chapter 81. And she helped mastermind the sustainability sort of January challenge that we yeah. were doing. And obviously it's just tiny steps to do every day. But some of them have been quite challenging for all of us. Some of us, uh, Polly obviously has gone vegan for January. Lots of us have been doing vegan meals and stuff. But what what bits would you say you do and like what things might you point out that, you know, maybe people might not have thought of? Um, well, I, I, I am a vegan. I, ha I live ha with a vegan diet, um, have done for I don't know how long. <laughs> I think about three years. I must say, like, if you're struggling to be a vegan... Just keep going with it because it really gets easier. Really, yeah, you you learn so much. You have to educate yourself in order for it to be easy. So, um, yeah, that's what I'd say about that. But in terms of what else I try and do, oh, I'm I'm really awful at um, turning things off standby. That yeah. is something that I really really need to get better at doing. And I just didn't even really think of it as an issue until yeah. like. Yeah, sometime yeah. last year, it's like, oh, that uses energy. I'm I never really thought about it. Um, but I also, I only ever buy secondhand clothing. Uh -huh. um, I never buy fast fashion anymore. I still maintain that by always buying secondhand, always buying vintage. Um, I've been learning to sew and, and create yeah, things no myself. Way. Like I just definitely and... can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is really, Slow honestly, process. so hard. My, my mum's a really, really good sewer, so I've tried to um, sort of follow her, her, her footsteps and get a bit better at things like yeah. mending my own clothes and things like that which are really important yeah just I trying just, to not be wasteful I suppose I just think it's mad that 
it's easier that it's cheaper to buy a top from Primark than it is to make your own top. It doesn't make any sense no, to me. No, that it someone doesn't. around the world is theoretically yeah. getting a salary, which clearly they're not getting a good enough mm-hmm. salary, and that material, and then the you know the profit that Primark are making on I it, know, or you know exactly. whoever. I'm not just picking on them. That's clearly just one retailer yeah. among many, but yeah. And, the, and I think that's what be, you have to be mindful of is that these things will have a price tag that might be higher, but it's because they're sustainable and it's because they're providing someone a, a, a living wage income. Yeah. And that's really, really important. Um, and so, you know, buying maybe something slightly more expensive that's going to last you a really, really long time. But how's your plastic free month been going? Interestingly, I kind of feel like it it would need to be sort of three to six months to actually feel everything because I kind of, I made a rule (laughs) before I started and just said, okay, I'm going to let myself use this stuff I already have because chucking out all that plastic would be just as wasteful, you know, if it still has product in it. So I know that, I mean, we already do small things like try and use always have e-cover or method Mm -hmm. as like cleaning products have some solid bar shampoos stuff like that but i feel like if i was to completely go plastic free for like say six months it would be that the the amount of churn on all those toiletries and cleaning products and stuff that by then i would be completely plastic free but some shopping and stuff has been just just so not obviously black and white in Mm -hmm. in choices you know like going to well this was in Aldi so I was looking at the fruit and veg in Aldi and was just so normally I try to buy seasonal British you know fewest miles Mm -hmm. all of that stuff was in plastic instead I have to buy loose bananas mangoes and grapefruits and red peppers yeah none of this is from barely ever any of it was even from Europe so the amount of mileage on it but it wasn't in plastic. Like, we shouldn't, as consumers, I think, be having to make these no. morally difficult decisions. No. And yeah, so the bananas that were in a plastic bag were um, fair trade and organic. Yeah. And then there's loose bananas, which have no, you know, footprint that you can follow. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, got to choose between. It's hard, isn't yeah. it? It's like a diet. I think it's a, similar to diet culture in the way that you you have to view it as a lifestyle change and that it is going to be a slow working process that you have, you have to learn things on the way. Um, and, you know, it's not like a fast fix ever. Yeah. Um, the thing that I find really hard is spinach because you can't buy you can't buy yeah. things like loose nice salads salad bags ever. <laughs> yeah and I really I, that's I love them so much so I'm I'm considering starting to grow some things in yeah. pots like spinach um but that's obviously not gonna you know I'm not gonna have straight away spinach I need and to not grow through it. the year either yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so yeah that stuff's tough I did really enjoy I'm so such a loser <laughs> going to the supermarket my local supermarket had a at the meat counter you can now take your own container which i know not every supermarket does but this one this is booths mm-hmm. in the north and it's really expensive which is why i don't normally shop there but it's really nice um but you can yeah take a clean container and it actually just made so much sense but felt like such a different consumer journey to not yeah. be like okay take this the cardboard little sheath thing off your mints and then it's in a plastic packet and exactly. you rip the lid off and the amount of waste for Mm -hmm. two portions of mints or something yeah to be able to put it into a tupperware that i'll use again and again was like such a something that i hadn't really thought of ever doing and it's such a no-brainer yeah but when you were talking before about um you know the choice to just spend that little bit more 
and then have these items that are going to go on and on. Mm-hmm. I just feel it like it's really uncomfortable at the moment that it seems like sustainability is a real, like only a choice for the privileged in a way. Yeah. You know, like you have to have that little bit more money in order to be able to make these choices. Yeah. It's, we're not in a good environmental no. position, are we? To So that everybody in society can choose to make these choices. Yeah, it's really difficult. It's really difficult because there are definitely things that even because, you know, I'm a student, I, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's quite difficult some some months. Yeah. Um, I've achieved so much that I didn't think that I could. And I think that it is about f- looking at what's, at what's out there because with a lot of things, there are loads of different options mm. on what you can do. You can get refills, you can get plastic-free packaged things delivered to your house. These things cost different have different levels of cost. Yeah. So say if someone wanted to buy some laundry, laundry de- 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 detergent that was plastic free, I don't think that your best option if you wanted to get something that was reasonably cost effective would be to order something really expensive, like a really nice brand online, but go to your local refill station because these things are so surprisingly cheap yeah. and often they are quite similar levels of cost so yeah i guess it's it's changing over even like this last year or two in leeds with like the reef uh what's it called the refill tree in the market the jar tree tree. and there's quite a few little shops like that now yeah yeah. plastic for waste free plastic free Mm -hmm. shops i feel like it's still slightly a kind of niche thing they people still consider it as in the mass market still consider it quite a niche thing yeah i think as soon as we don't, ha- as soon as consumers don't have to go out of their way to do that, yeah. they will just choose to do it. Definitely, and the more options, I think we're really lucky in Leeds that I think people are really switched on to this idea, this um, sort of alternative way of shopping. Yeah. Um. In my mum, for example, has wanted one of these sh- these shops in her hometown for so so long, and and they just haven't got one yet. And they, yeah, I'm the they, same up in Cumbria. Yeah. Like there was nowhere that I could go for that refill yeah. option, and that is really frustrating. Yeah. Especially when it's like, you know, I come to Leeds for work, but not that often. And am I supposed to do all my shopping in Leeds and take it home on the train? Yeah, this isn't a sustainable way of doing it. And yeah, weird how there's different different consumer markets or perceived consumer markets across England, I think. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think cities are always lucky. They always lead the vanguard in terms of modernization and the next steps, but... It's when it rolls out out for everybody that it's a useful step. Leeds International Festival are just writing up a pact so that they can kind of live for their own, live by their own rules of trying to be more sustainable Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing. And you've been a little bit part of processing that, haven't you? Yeah, so um, we've been researching all the alternative ways that we can do the same things, but do them a bit more sustainably, um, consider our carbon footprint in the process. Um, we have just agreed to have a partnership with um, a company called Energy Revolution, who um, work with festivals um, to monitor and track their carbon f- footprint um, and, and to offset lots of different ways. Um, and that's really, really exciting. Yeah, because that it, sounds really interesting. Yeah, because it means that we can counteract our emissions um with really positive um and also local um benefits right. um so we we you know we're directly putting things back into leeds um and focusing on leeds which is what we definitely want to do um we want to support um 
the, the local markets. We want to support the natural habitat around us. Um, yeah. All of these things. Um, so, yeah, it's really exciting. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that partnership growing um, because, of course, we're going to have that for years to come now. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's It starts now, but as I was saying before, it's it's a slow learning process. So we're going to get better and better about at being sustainable as the years go on. Yeah, so that's really, really it's exciting. like baby steps, isn't it? Yeah, it's like exactly. taking a decisive decision to yeah. go this route. Yeah. And so Energy Revolution, they do stuff with other festivals, right? Yes. And is it like an investment that they offset your carbon with? Is it an investment into local yes initiatives yeah so some examples of of different uh ways that they've supported other festivals um is that they have um a scheme with different local schools where they've put solar panels on on the roofs of local schools to help them be more green and use more green energy um which is really 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 cool Yeah, yeah i love that so yeah um and then also they work around the world um with tree planting um, and different conservation initiatives um, as well as in as well as in the UK um, and a lot of where the a lot of the forests that they work with in the UK and northern as well so and Yorkshire yeah. so we've got Yorkshire forests that we're going to have good connection and, to yeah. our locality yeah exactly you know just making those initial decisions to do something really positive is something that um everyone should be proud of and you should pat yourself on the back and say yes we're doing it we're moving forward and um yeah it's all it's all really exciting and positive which is what you need to be um in the face of the climate emergency we need a bit of positivity yeah yeah (laughs) so thanks for listening to the l20 podcast episode number five please do subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and interact with the festival at leeds infest using the hashtag of the same name Hashtag leads in first. See you soon.